0: Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X
1: Method, and the Athlete Coach Network.
2: Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials. Set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching.
0: Today we get to welcome Connor Martin to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Connor has a deep background in the functional fitness world. He has been called the original CrossFit kid, starting CrossFit at just 11 years old, having competed in the 2007 CrossFit Games at age 15 and again in 2008 at age 16. He went on to compete as an individual and team competitor at the regional level. Connor became the youngest person to work on the CrossFit Level 1 staff and worked 150 seminars as an L1, L2, or CrossFit Kids staff member. He also judged at the regionals, CrossFit Games, and Team Gauntlet events. Connors worked as a senior coach at several gyms and has programmed for and helped run functional fitness competitions such as TMIC, the Team Gauntlet, and the Team Fitness League. He owns Compete Elite, a functional fitness and sports performance company, where he has coached 14 athletes to the qualifiers or games in the last six years. Connor is the co-author of Eat, Sleep, Move, Breathe, the director of community for the Brandix Method, and founder of the Athlete Coach Network. And to be perfectly transparent, he's also our son. So, welcome, Connor. Let's get to it.
2: We're really happy to see Connor Martin here today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to actually have been able to make it on one of these. I, I've gotten to listen to all of them so far, and uh, they're they're awesome. So, I'm excited to be be able to to be here.
2: Well, uh, representing as you are the Texas uh, satellite of the current X method team. It's awesome that we finally coordinate this and it's taken us too long. We apologize for that because there's so much we can talk about with you, Connor. There's so much that you've done and that you've been through. And today's subject matter is really youth competition. And that's super broad. And we may end up doing two of these U18s with youth competition context because it's just, there's so much there.
0: Yeah, I know. And I think that the, uh, the thing that's interesting, or maybe that the, People will be, think that it is, is interesting is really your your view of where competition started and where it's where it where it's gone to because I uh, you took part in the first two CrossFit Games, mm-hmm. the youth division of the, of the of the CrossFit Games at that point at, at that point yeah. in time yeah we were 15 years old I think when we started on the, on that and then you competed as an athlete uh, on a team. A couple times at, at regionals, and at, as an individual at regionals, and then we've just seen this how the sport of fitness has kind of has kind of evolved. And you've been mm-hmm. uh, been there from the start of it, uh, all the way through to, to now. And uh, we want to dive into that. We also want to dive into maybe this is your topic, but dive into the to the work you've done working with athletes, uh, programming for them as a for train the, for the CrossFit uh, competitions and the fitness competitions.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting to see where the sport is now and have lived through literally 100% of the progression of the sport. You know, I remember how incredibly amazed we were with the, the athletes who won the first and the second and even the third CrossFit Games. And how everybody thought that, you know, at the time, because at the time they were the best athletes in, in the world. And now we're seeing 14, 15 year old uh, athletes be able to do capably the same things as the winners in the individual categories were able to do in 2009, 2008, 2007. And in some cases, uh, the 15 year old or 16 year old would definitively beat them at those at those things.
2: What do you attribute that
1: to? I, I think that there's there's two things, right? One of the cool things about the early days, I think, of uh CrossFit competition and functional fitness competition in, in general was that we all kind of felt like, and at least I did, I felt like it was kind of like a pioneering type thing. You know, like we're braving this new thing that um nobody had done before right like uh, i think you've mentioned this before dad but like when you grew up training was like there was training for health and then there was training for strength and those two things were completely separate endeavors right there was the the endurance guy and then there was uh, arnold and those you couldn't mash those two things together but when kind of crossfit came around and functional training came around it changed the landscape with how things were done and it was this like small group of people doing this thing like as pioneers right so we were really kind of like uh you know we've got the 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 lab written in the background there you know we really were like a laboratory right we were like testing all of these things and some of the things that we did in the early days we would never do again right and i think so the so i think the two main things that i attribute this massive change in capacity from when i was 15 with you know i I don't wanna take anything away from what I did and some of the earlier teenagers did because I think we've laid a lot of the groundwork for teenagers to do what they're doing now, but it's not even comparable as far as the work that I was able to do and and my work capacity in that time versus where where they're at now. And I think those two major, major things are when you redefine a paradigm and you redefine what's possible, people start to believe that achieving more within that space is possible, right? And you see that with like the four minute mile, right? And the four minute mile was this thing that was physically impossible for anybody to achieve. But then the second one guy gets under four minutes, all of a sudden 20 other people get under four minutes within the same calendar year and nobody else had done it in human history, right? So with uh, functional fitness and with CrossFit, that shows itself as, you know, capacity on massive ends of the spectrum. So now you're, you know, where in 2007, 2008, if you had a seven minute mile and a 400 pound deadlift and a 275 pound clean and jerk, you're probably in the top conversation for the competitors at the, CrossFit Games, right, in 2007, 2008, if now, if you're 15 years old and you don't have those numbers, you're not going to make it to the CrossFit Games, right? And it's because those people were able to define those limitations. And now everybody, every year goes, well, here's the cap. I think it can do 5% more than them." So I think that that's just a logical adaptation to competition, but I also think that uh, another very interesting thing is that when you start to get a larger sample size of people, right? When you look at, uh, there was probably in the 2007 CrossFit Games, 2008 CrossFit Games, there's probably, we're talking about 12,000 CrossFitters worldwide. And then, you know, 75 of them showed up to the CrossFit Games, right? Now we're talking about, we're probably looking at functional fitness athletes worldwide. We're probably looking at 3 million, 4 million. And then 400,000 of them try out. Now, when you talk about a sample size of athletes like that, then what you're going to get is a cross between the people who mentally and capacity-wise can believe that they can do something and then are physically designed to do that sport at that level intersect, right? So now we're getting people who are physically, genetically predisposed to being good at doing functional movements fast and with heavy weight saying, hey, instead of playing soccer, instead of playing football, I want to dedicate myself to being very technically good and proficient at these things. And then I want to compete in this sport. And that's why we're seeing 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds who have this mental ability to go, hey, I can go beyond what's been done before and genetically have the physical ability to actually do it. So that's, that's why we're seeing some craziness come out of those divisions and like this year, right? Mall- Mallory O'Brien, who's now 18 years old, uh, taking second place in the CrossFit Games as the youngest uh, athlete to ever be on the individual podium. And you know, while Tia had a very dominant second half of the CrossFit Games, I don't think anyone would believe would uh, would say that we didn't doubt Tia's ability to win at some point. Because Mallory was in front for a long time, actually, at CrossFit Game. so pretty interesting to see this this shift with the new generation, the next generation. I want to I want to to hit a couple of those things that you talked about because I think
0: it's it's interesting. First, there's the genetic ability of the kids that are coming up and they're choosing to do this and choosing to do it well. But you know, you start back more than 15 years now with what what. Uh, what we were doing with crossfit at that point in time and you know fast forward to today what we're doing so back then you know a 300 pound deadlift in crossfit was a big deal mm-hmm. yeah. and what so what i see now is you know an increase in that strength components and increase in the technical technical lifts and and the capacity to, to perform with those heavy weights and the technical lifts because you know, let's revisit some of the stuff that, that you did back then. Like I can remember at least two times over 35 rounds of Cindy. So that's bodyweight stuff back then. Don't see too many kids today capable of doing that, even the ones that go going to the games. And, uh, you know, you were the first uh, kid to go under three minutes for Fran. And that's a whole separate story that we should probably talk about with coach goof-ups. <laughs> let's be honest with When we started CrossFitting, the best best time for Fran was 3.59. And then I think a couple of years later we saw a uh, witness. I think it was Greg Everett. Oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Greg Everett. Josh Everett. Josh. Josh. I'm sorry, Josh Everett, and Greg, Greg Olson. Thomas. My confusion there. Sorry. And they were. I think it was 2:47 uh, and 2:35 or something like that was their time. And we have video of you doing uh, friend to 2:30. Think was your uh, was your time. And eventually you were down to, to a weight. So it wasn't the capacity, the, the metabolic capacity, and the, the I think the, the, the gymnastics capacity that has really changed. It's the weight and the stamina and the technical lifts and the ability to perform those under the same parameters that were done you know, back then. It's, it's pretty interesting to see when we see a 15-year-old you know, snatching some of the weights that they're able to snatch now or thrustering uh, the weights that they're able to to thruster now. Uh Mm -hmm.
2: What uh, part do you, and this is a question actually for both of you, as you know, I work with the younger set. So when we're talking competition, it's not a lot for me to get involved in there, except getting kids ready to take the steps to begin to think about that as they enter the team's. But what part do you think recovery has played? Because there has been a huge expansion of recovery in all aspects for all athletes during this period of time that we're talking about 15 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that has done?
0: And I will the- throw one thing out and then I'll let Connor yeah. really jump. And I'm going go to, I'm going to go specifically to youth athletes and <laughs> Almost problematically, I think, with youth athletes as they recover so much, so much better, and so much more quickly than adult athletes. And so, if you aren't speaking to them as a coach about recovery, they're going to be able just to walk in and duplicate their efforts over and over and over again every day in the gym, and and that that is problematic in setting them up for being an athlete in their adult years because they're just going to become expecting that to kind of continue. This, I mean, this is the norm. So I'm expected to continue. Connor can speak to having gone through that, as well as the kids he's coaching and then the adults he's coaching. I think at this point.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously, like, as a sport develops, so does the knowledge of what will help athletes achieve the best success, right? And every single year in every single sport right something new can affect the the game by one percent right and every every year there's an athlete looking looking for that at the top level right it's a very 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 common common thing right and you see that with the improvements in uh recovery tactics right you know sleep specifically sleep tracking is a huge thing now right nutrition right like when we started the big nutrition push was The Zone, which is a great uh, health and lifestyle-focused diet, but it's a terrible diet for for athletes, right? And, and, you know, athletes were doing that diet for the CrossFit Games at the time because nobody had done this as a sport. And then all of a sudden, people realized, like, hey, we are burning calories at a rate that necessitates a lot more carbohydrate than what we're getting at this right? So we've gotten a lot more accurate with a lot of those tools that help aid somebody performing really, really well. Mobility is also uh, another one, right? You know, I credit Kelly a lot with this. You know, I think that before Kelly really, and you and I can probably speak to this very well with our 2.30 PM workout stat of like walking into the gym and going like, all right, I'm good to go. And that was it. Right? Load the load stroke. the bar. Load the bar. Do no warm up sets. Load it all the way up to the weight, and then start the workout. Right? Yeah. And that was that was and 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 that's nobody's fault. But that was just like the mentality was like you didn't really need to do that much of a warm up. But then Kelly was like, actually, you guys all move terribly to to everybody. You know? And you need to that's you need to stretch a little bit. Yeah, you need to stretch a little bit and let's move and let's let's get mobile. And I think he kind of revolutionized people's perception of that within functional training. And, you know, to this day is something that, uh, you know, athletes all have very specific routines now that they all know that they need to do prior to this type of workout or that type of workout. Another thing that's kind of an interesting tool around those same same pieces. I don't know if you guys have seen people wearing those like mouthpieces, those airwave mouthpieces, but breath, breath control is a big topic that's, uh, that's, you know, on the minds of lots of athletes now. And I think that that's uh, very, very prevalent because again, people are trying to gain that little bit of an edge, right? And at the top level, if you can just control your breath just a little bit better than the guy next to you, maybe you can push just a little bit harder than him when it gets tough, you know, and that's, and that's where people are trying to get those advantages.
2: Can we, can we give a shout out to uh, Brian McKenzie on that? Or I think he was the first oh, yeah. one to really start talking yeah, hope- about that community.
1: Where, where Kelly was the first one talking about mobility, Brian was absolutely the first person talking about breath control. I actually reached out to Brian when I was coaching. Uh, I coached a team that was gonna go to uh, Utah for regionals. And I reached out to Brian to ask him how to do uh, breath control training with them prior to going there. And uh, the feedback from everybody that was on the team was that they didn't actually notice the elevation change when they did the workouts because of all the breath training we had been doing. Well, wow. that's yeah, very interesting.
0: I know that we have just a few minutes in this U18 left, so we're definitely doing a part two. A part two, <laughs> but yeah. one of the things that would be interesting is, is talk about is uh, you've had kids in the last or uh, in five of the last eight CrossFit Games, mm-hmm. so uh, when you're training the teens at that level. Is there something like, what are the, can you, can you name the, the, the three things that, that help define kids at that level versus kids maybe who are you know, doing this for fun? Right.
1: Yeah, there's a big intangible quality of self-belief. Every single one of the teenagers that I've trained has a quality, and it's hard to describe, but it's this belief in self beyond what they are actually capable of doing and that's that's actually a really really good thing for an athlete to have to believe that they are better than what they are right now because most people walk into competitions and believe that they are worse they focus on the things that they know they're going to lose at Um, but the athletes that i've coached that have made it to that level who have achieved that level of success especially in the teenage category, have this unique ability to almost ignore what they're weak at and just be like, well, I know I'm going to win this workout, so I should probably be able to win the competition. And as a coach, if you can foster that belief to carry throughout, even when they perform not so well on something, it's a really, really good characteristic for them to carry on into competing in the individual category eventually over time. But that to me, that's the defining characteristic of athletes that make it to the games is like that they believe in themselves beyond their actual capacity.
0: Do you remember watching Keegan competing at the most the game? It was the
2: first gauntlet. It was the first gauntlet.
0: And the thing was the max front squat. And we watched Keegan and he says, load the bar and I forget it was like 350 pounds or something. And he <laughs> picks it up. Off thing, and he just goes straight to the ground. The bar Mm crashes to the ground. Why did you put 350? I think your your max squat was 275. 275. And and I I can't remember what his comment was, but he said, "I got half of it. Half of it was was to the ground.
1: Yeah, you got the (laughs) gravity-fed portion. Good job. The gravity part. Yeah. Oh my God. And I guess you know what what kids can be can be like what that that story is funny because it 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 definitely sh- shows that same quality that i'm talking about yeah and and what is interesting though is that the thing the quality that that i was talking about there definitely shows shows up in competition too and then sometimes if somebody carries that quality into a competition and they believe they can do something sometimes adrenaline fed with the right technique and, 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 you know, capacity to support it, they can do something incredible that you're like, wow, that actually is the best I've ever seen. That's pretty impressive. And I've had the ability to work with some teenagers that have done some of that type of thing where I'm going, I've never seen anybody be able to do that.
2: (laughs) I think it speaks to the fact that Young people definitely need coaching because there, there are times when a little bit of metering of those attempts is not <laughs> necessary. Connor, this was awesome. We'd love to have you back for a second U18 so we can talk, about, talk more about all these things that you're doing. And thank you. Thank you for spending time with us.
1: It's been awesome.
2: Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X, equals youth program success
0: that was a youth fitness podcast topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids brought to you by the martin family the developers of the brand x method and the athlete coach network we hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more